Blog Talk Radio. Show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Pinner, Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I'm sure I'm glad you did. I am very, very excited for today's show, ladies and gentlemen. I, uh, I watched this film the other night, and I was just blown away by it. I, I really, it, it was, and the cool thing, it was a quick film. It was a quick film. I, I didn't realize that when I sat down to watch it, and, you know, it wasn't a short um but by quick, I mean, I think it was just a little bit over an hour. Uh, very cool film, though. I, it's, one of my, it's one of my favorites of 2022, you know. Yeah, it's only uh, 10 days in so far, but I'm telling you, it's a good film. Um, it launches tomorrow, and we have on our show today uh, the man behind it, uh, Mr. Nick uh, Gregorio. He's the writer, director, and producer of it. So without further ado, of Old Strangers. Um, Nick, how are you? Hey, Jamie, thank you for having me on the show, and thank you for such a glowing review. I know it's only been 10 days, so I don't know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll win out the year. We just got, uh, what, 355 more days to go? <laughs> That's right, uh, man. That's right. You'll get an Oscar. I'm telling you. It's, uh, and it won't be one of those lame Oscars, like, for best editing or something. You know, you always see those, and you're like, oh, that's got to hurt, you know? I'm just grabbing on. Hey, no, editing's you important. Editing's one of the most important parts of the process. It's overlooked, but it's very important. That is very true. Um, I had read somewhere that your film was 48 hours long to start with. Now I'm, I'm teasing. Yeah. <laughs> but they're probably it's probably longer than an hour. I was surprised at that. <laughs> I was surprised at that, Nick. Um, but it was so cool and great dialogue in this. I just really. This shot on, um, and it kind of, I don't want to give anything away because I want people to watch it, but um, there was some perhaps, I don't know what the film term is, maybe genre switch-ups a little bit uh, here and there in it, yeah. um, which I thought was cool. And I just, I really enjoyed this film. Good good work, man. Thank you. Good work. Yeah. I mean, I, thank you. I, I mean, so, I really appreciate that. Uh, I had a, I had a great team that I worked with. My co-EP, Drew Marion, um, I couldn't have done it without him. You know, it was like, it's a small movie, and we had a ton of elbow grease behind it, just jamming away, a really small team. But uh, once, I, once I got Drew on board, then I went to my director of photography, Blake Gayton, and once he was on board, I was like, oh, we're full steam ahead. And uh, my makeup effects person, Kate Matlock, she killed it. Like, all the hair and makeup, not just the genre hair and makeup, she was responsible for. Um, we just had a really small, great team, and we went up there. And, you know, I got to give uh, major kudos to my cast, Madeline Humphreys, Ted Evans, uh, Colton the Chief Mastro. They just were so committed, and they dove in, with you know, head first <laughs> at times. Uh, and yeah. it was a really great set to be on. Uh, talking about the, the runtime, I am of the digital age, and I know that a feature-length gotcha. film is is 
as long as it needs to be, as long as it's over 40 minutes. So uh, if you look at cost per minute, when you're making an indie, I hate when I sit down and I watch an indie and, like, you can see the budget of the indie because they tried to do too much, right? Like a true indie. Right. I, don't, I don't mean, like, Little Miss Sunshine. I mean, like, a real indie. Uh, so the, the runtime of the movie, it was kind of like form follows function. We wanted to tell the best, strongest story we could. And honestly, when I tell people it's 60 minutes, they're excited because they're like, oh, I'm so tired of, like, two-and-a-half-hour-plus movies that I have to sit through fall asleep to or rewatch on a different night, right? Well, exactly, you know, and not, not everything can be Lord of the Rings and not everything should be Lord of the Rings. Should be you know? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, four hour movies and say, it was getting crazy for a minute. I tell you a funny story yeah. with your film. I, um, with my, me and my wife, you know, we, it's just us living here and our pets, but for dinner, um, we trade off is we have vastly different tastes in our uh, our television or movie watching and whatnot. And so I got stuck one night watching 90 Days, The Single Life, or something about, I don't know, people that socially awkward people that couldn't get dates or something. It was just horrible. But I had to sit through it because I knew um, my day was the next day, and I was going to hit her with old because I had to watch it, you know, for the, the for the show here. And so I'm like, okay, well, tomorrow we're watching my show, Old Strangers. I can deal with this. And so we were watching it, and then it ended, and I'm like, I almost wanted it to be longer just on that level, not on a story level, not on a plot level. <laughs> just, I'm like, oh. Just to monopolize the night a little she bit She wins. <laughs> yeah, just a you know, but she was enjoying it too. She's like, I really like this. She goes, you know, some of these movies you watch, and um, her complaint is, she's like, too many characters. I have to take notes to see what, remember what's going on, or who this is, or who that is. And to this small cast, it was almost like uh, Hitchcockian in a way, you know. Um, and it was just really well done, really tight writing on this. I, I re- and and all around great acting. It was cool, man. It was cool. Where'd you film this at? This was, was Northern California. Or where, where were you at? So this is, uh, I don't know exactly know. I guess it's east of Los Angeles, but it's Big Bear Lake. Oh, yeah. Up the, up the hill. Yeah, up the hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a story about three friends reconnecting uh, after a long pandemic. Um, and they, you know, it's uh, very, very much a movie of its time. Uh, but it's the coming right. together, and it's like the people that we knew maybe 10 years ago, and we've sort of kept in touch with, our only commonality is the nostalgia. You know, like we've, we've kind of all grown, but we're trying to reconnect, and I think that happened a lot during this pandemic. So the three friends, Absolutely. Uh, Michael, Danny, and Sarah, all, all come up to this cabin to kind of reconnect and reignite the, the kind of friendships of their, their youth. Uh, and it, they, they slowly start to learn that they weren't the people they, they used to be. Um, and then there's something dark and nefarious out there in the woods. So it, it, uh, it works in, in both ways. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of duality to each scene. But it's just as much about mental health and trying to reconnect with people and dealing with the stresses and anxieties of a, of a pandemic 
as much as it is a sci-fi genre piece. Absolutely. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because in, um, and this could have just been a a PR screw up or whatever that that I got. Um, When I first got it, uh, they had it listed as a horror film and I'm kind of watching it and I'm like, well, there are some horrific things about this. But I would, I would kind of place it. I would place it in both categories, actually. Um, but I see on IMDb and whatnot that this is uh, under sci-fi. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. It's a, it's really yeah, a sci-fi of, oh. thriller. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's really cool. You man. know, it's a thriller in its at its like core. Um, sci-fi as a genre, and I think there are moments that are. You know, like you, they would fall under horror, but it isn't. It's not like a slasher film. It's not like Friday the Thirteenth or anything. But right, right. Well, it's, it was very well done. Let me ask you now: When you were growing up, were you like the film guy? Like, were you like all in your circle of friends? And did everybody kind of know? Oh yeah, Nick, he's going to be making movies, man. Um, or was this something that you kind of came into? Um, I was always the kid with my head in the clouds. Yeah. Um, I grew up in, in South Philadelphia. Yeah. I grew up in South Philadelphia in the, in an Italian American neighborhood. Uh, so I was a mm-hmm. lot different than everyone else in the neighborhood. Um, I was a really big comic book and still am a big comic book reader in the star Wars. I was in the genre and fantasy and superheroes and action adventure and, you know, I, I loved movies because movies were like the premier medium, but it probably wasn't until high school uh, where we used to, you know, we used to go to the mall and go to Suncoast Video and people would buy mm-hmm. DVDs or we'd rent movies. Or I mean, we went to the movies basically every, that was every Friday night for me in high school was the movies, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. We would just go and see whatever was playing. Like it wasn't even like a, oh, should we check this out or this out? It was like, we're just going to see every movie that's in the multiplex throughout the, you know, the course of the school year. Uh, so and I remember, yeah, I, I was into art, like fine art, and I was into technology, and I got into this um, college called Drexel University that had a, a digital media program. And everyone was like, you like art, you like technology, digital media is art and technology. Well, I mean, little did people know that everything would become digital media. So that was right. that's where I started. <laughs> was in digital media, but it's really interesting to see where it came because digital media was sort of uh, looked down upon from the film and video major because I was a, a film and video right. production minor, digital media major. And I was like, you were going to be digital media before you know it. And they're like, no way, man. It's always going to be film. It's always going to be like, okay. And then lo, lo and behold, <laughs> here we are. Everyone has a digital camera on their phone making, you know, movies and TikToks in their backyard. So uh, it's really well, it, it progressed very rapidly. Yeah. And I think people have this in the film world. No, I'm not in the film business, but I know a lot of people who are. I hang out with a lot of film people. And uh, it seems like when I was a kid, all I knew were people in bands. Then I moved to California, <laughs> Southern California, and um, all I knew were people in film. <laughs> and now, now I live yeah. in Florida, and it's kind of a combination of the two, um, and retired people. But um, one of the things, <laughs> I, I think people wax and wane poetically about filmmaking, you know, um, they picture the guy with the, uh, the lens on the chain and he's getting the shot and he's holding his hands up, you know. And 
and yeah, back in the day, that's how they had to do it. But what what they don't understand, as I understand it, is is you would do like shoot a scene, and then you had to wait for the film to get developed to see if you needed to do it again. <laughs> you know, if it worked. Um, yeah. Now you can yeah, do all that uh, quick. Yeah, and it's well, there's. Uh, not to get too in the weeds technologically, uh, but the way we shot this movie was similar to shooting on film because of the file size of the video. So we were shooting what's called like raw, uncompressed video. And the file sizes were so big that you could, you could watch it back on the camera, but once you download it, once you like dump the card, it was really hard to watch back on set. So we kind of had to take mm. a very film approach to making this movie. You know, like a movie is made before you ever get to set. Like I storyboard, I met with my producer, I met with my cinematographer. We went over every setup, every shot. Like we yeah. knew the thing at the back yeah. of our hand. And because you don't, with a movie of, of this scale, the budget was, was very, very small. But there was a ton of man hours and experience on set, if that makes sense. So we did what we mm-hmm. could with our budget, but there was so much experience on set that it was, you know, it's the, the, the value of that was invaluable. And once you're on there and you're shooting, it's like, yes, digital technology, it is the easiest time ever that you can make a, a movie. The problem is because of the ease of use on a technology side, you're dealing with people that are underprepared on the other ends of it. Like it's not just it's not mm. one any you know it's it's the gestalt of it it's the sum of its parts. So yeah, you might now digital technology makes it so that we can shoot it, see what we shot, and edit it very easily. But you still need to have something good that you shot, or something well made, or something well prepared. And I think that <laughs> that's where you see now the separation of it. But there are there's some I'll see some videos online that I'm like, man, these are there's some talented people out there that are just you know using modern technology and ingenuity and doing some cool stuff. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us www.jamierox.us My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com as well as online, on Instagram, and Facebook. Links are in our website. 
Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation, raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please, visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rocks Gear, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Well, it's, it's you know, it's, it's like I, uh, you know, when I talk to bands and whatnot, you know, especially new bands, um, you know, they all have the, because they've grown up watching movies about bands. And, and they've read books. Yeah. And, and that's great. And they think, oh, you know, I, I just want to get a record deal. And then we'll, the band will all hang out in the studio for two months and, uh, you know, make a fantastic album and fly in jets and date models. You know, that's, that's the plan, actually. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, that might have been the plan for 1968. That is yeah. how it works now. You're paying <laughs> for everything, you know. And you yeah. better have a plan when you go into that studio because the meter's running, baby. It is every second you're in there is money. So you better have yep. what you're going to be doing lined up. Um, and I imagine it's the same with film, you know, um, especially because you're dealing with people, you know, just on the actor side of it, the talent side of it, you, you, you're dealing with, I've only got this guy or the gal or, or lady for, for, you know, three days or something, you know what I mean? And then they're off to do something else. Um Heaven forbid we got yeah, to do a reshoot I mean, two months or something, you know. I mean, I can't even imagine. I would have ul- I get ul- I would get an ulcer just thinking about it, <laughs> you know. 
It'll keep you up at night. It'll keep you up at night. Logistics will keep you up at night. Um, Thankfully, so the the team that I ended up working with, we had worked together for about six years at a little studio in Burbank. And we did uh, talk shows, and I had a sketch comedy show. I had a talk show for this company, Machinima. Um, Then we ended Mm. up doing uh, shows for DC Comics. We did a daily talk show called DC Daily that was on the DC Universe platform. So uh, me and this team of people worked together for a really long time, and we we had a really good shorthand. We had a really good working relationship. And then, like, the pandemic hit, shuts us down, the show gets canceled. And then Mm. a year goes by, and, like, we didn't, didn't, like, see each other, let alone work together. So uh, (laughs) it was a great opportunity (laughs) for all of us to kind of get back together and, uh, you know, do something for, for us and, and for the, the, uh, something, a project that we believed in. We had done so much stuff for these big corporations, right? You don't, besides the money, you don't right. see very much creative satisfaction from that, but it was awesome to just get the band back together and pull this off in such a strange window. And, um, it, it was all about personnel. Like my cast was, Absolutely amazing. Uh, Ted Evans, who plays Michael, he's a blonde-headed guy. He he had been in a bunch mm-hmm. of sketches with us. I've worked with him a bunch throughout the years. And it was great to finally, I think, utilize him that, like, I saw his potential and, like, to be able to put him in the, in the project and have him, like, really kill it. And I think he's, he's super funny. He's super quick in the movie. Um, he definitely rounds out the cast really well. Uh, and then you have Colton, who plays Danny and – he has one of the hardest jobs of the movie because there's a turn, you know, I'm not to spoil anything. There's a turn, mm-hmm. but if, if he doesn't handle that, well, the whole movie kind of hinges on it, right? Like if you don't buy it, if you don't believe what he's going through, it's sunk. Like, and, and it's almost right. like a thankless job because you like what he has to do is make you dislike him, I guess. We'll just put it that way without spoiling it. So you have to do that really well, and it has to be believable. Um, but Madeline Humphreys, who's our lead, Sarah, uh, it's hard to find actresses that will mm. go in as hard as she did while still being charming, while still being sweet, delivering emotional performances, delivering fun performances, and then de- delivering heavy action uh, she was absolutely brilliant and, and amazing to work with. And really, um, we shot 15-hour days for six days straight, and there wasn't an argument on set, which is, which nice. has never, ever happened in my career. Like, there was no arguing. There yeah. was no infighting. There was no friction. It was it was the best set I've ever worked on. And, I uh, yeah, I, I, I owe it to my, my team, which was absolutely amazing for the whole process. Let me ask you this, Nick. Um, when I first started doing the show and whatnot, I was very ignorant. I was one of the civilians out here, you know, watching movies and TV shows and whatnot. Had no idea how the sausage was made. Um, I would mm-hmm. see, you know, a, a show on TV and I'd say, oh, well, they, I guess they didn't have anything going last Tuesday, so they sat down and filmed this, you know. And um, <laughs> after I started talking to filmmakers and whatnot, uh, I learned that movie time is completely different, uh, a parallel dimension, to the time that we're used to out here. Uh, you know, that they'll make a movie usually, and, and um, you, know, you know, it's 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 
time to make, you know, you have to write the thing and then make it. And then there's a usually a year of editing and whatnot. But with this film, Old Strangers, the story is so apropos. It, it, it's so of the moment, like you said. Um, I, I knew this wasn't written or, or filmed three years ago because nobody even thought about pandemics and stuff like that and the psychological aspects of, of being in lockdown. I mean, you know, yeah, we all know it very well now, but I, I never imagined I never gave that any thought before everything happened. Um, So you obviously wrote this, maybe I'm assuming during the pandemic and then filmed it when they, pardon me, opened up again. Um, And here you are, it's coming out. You got just distribution and it's on the T going to be on the TV tomorrow. You know, it's it's amazing. (laughs) Uh, What was was your time frame on this? Because it's not supposed to happen that way. It's not. It's not. And that, uh, again, that's like, that's a credit to the valuable man hours, especially that uh, my co-producer, Drew Marion, who is also the lead editor on the movie, he and I did all the post-production on the movie, all of it, together. He would cut a scene, send it to me. I would tweak the scene. We'd cut back and forth, send stuff. We sound designed it together. He scored a lot of the movie. I worked on the score of the movie. I sound mixed the movie. We did the VFX and stuff. There was uh, Isaac Isaac Paho Buckley. He did some of the more heavy-duty effects, but a lot of the effects we did. So, uh, again, it's the invaluable man hours and experience that we had that we put into this. But the movie will be released less than a year from when it was shot. It was shot the first week of March 2021. I am very proud of the fact that we shot – during the pandemic and shot safely during the pandemic. Uh, I followed all the rules that uh, Hollywood set for pandemic production. Everyone showed up to set with a test that was less than 36 hours old, negative test. Wow. We had the cabin that we shot in, and then we had a separate cabin where the crew stayed, and we bubbled up there. No one left set except for me or Drew. Uh, I had just got over COVID at that time, and I had a high antibody count, Mm. so I felt pretty confident. Um, And Drew followed all the protocols, so we we weren't really exposing ourselves. People weren't leaving set and going to, like, a bar or something like that. So everyone was was very close. It's not like a basketball team. I'm kidding. Don't send me emails, ladies and gentlemen. I'm being snarky. Um, no, but that's, that's for real, man. It, and California was no joke. You know, they're, they're real serious no. about um, safety and, and, and worker safety and all that, you know. Um, I can only imagine with film, you know. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, Crazy. And, it, I mean, the, the crew, the team was so small and everyone – understood you know like it was it was it nerve-wracking yes because i'm like one negative one positive test in this we're not we're not shooting right like that's it because right. <laughs> it was everyone was so integral to the production i think uh madeline our lead actress didn't get the results until like the morning we started shooting that she was negative it was one of those things wow. where everyone was like, are we going to make this movie? Are we, is this going to happen? And like, <laughs> I think on her ride up, she was like, oh, I'm negative. Oh, the negative test that they show in the scene is their actual negative test. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. Their actual legit well, negative test. 
you know, in in marketing and whatnot, they always there's always somebody with a suit that, um, or at least a real nice pair of khakis that says, you know, what's the relevance? Is it relevant? Is it engaging? Your film definitely is. You know, I mean, it's of the time. It, it is right here, right now. Um, that's cool, man. That's cool. So you got the COVID yourself. Uh, did, I, I hope everybody in your your tribe was okay and you recovered all right and everything. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I have a, a wife and two young kids, and we all got it. But no, every, we're all safe. Everyone's good. Um, you can taste we're again. We're vaccinated now. Yeah, I, I can't. I did lose my smell and uh, taste, and I, I got to tell you that was pretty weird. Pretty weird. I was, For an Italian American like, guy, come on, man. You can't. That's horrible. <laughs> I say this lovingly. I have an Italian American mother-in-law and an Italian American wife. Um, yeah, no, they're very, very serious so about cheese. Um, I'm not complaining. If you see pictures of me, no, I'm you got sort of yeah. Your sense of taste and smell are important. They're, you know, it's it's oh, crucial. No, that was uh, that was a trip. That was the biggest trip of it. Um, no, thankfully everyone was healthy and we 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 survived it, and then everything was was good. And I I was able made a to movie. make the movie. Yeah, um, but no, I, I I wanted to express a lot of the the mental health, the frustration. You know, it was tough. Mm. The pandemic was very tough, and I didn't. I felt the worst thing that we could do is underplay how difficult the circumstances were. And I feel like a lot of that has happened, especially, you know, like Grey's Anatomy did a ridiculous storyline where, like, Meredith Grey was in a coma from COVID, just all stuff like that. And I'm like, no, no, but there was a real effect Mm. that people are missing. And I was like, I wanted to capture that, and I wanted that to be almost like a time capsule. Um, even, Even the opening sequence when they're driving up, I wanted to show, like, no, there was an effect on travel and, and tourism and small business. And, like, people were, were genuinely Absolutely. Like, this is a bigger pandemic than just you're going to catch COVID. And that's – I wanted the movie to, to play upon all of that and to give us uh, a reminder and also be a time capsule for this time because, you know, like, there's a lot of re- revisionist history nowadays, and it, it's mm-hmm. – I think I think we need we need to learn from a lot of what went on that that first year of the pandemic. It was a very tough year for for I think a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Oh, um, absolutely. I think it's interesting that you say that. I was just thinking about this the other day. I, I was, I'm a I'm a painter by trade, so a lot of my time um, I got a lot of free time where I'm I'm just working on a painting and my mind kind of wanders about stuff. And I, um, I I was sitting there working and I was thinking about it. One of the things I think that's great about your film is it is a time capsule. And 50 years from now, 100 years from now, whenever, you know, in the future, uh, people can look back and, and get a taste of, of you know, what a shitty mm-hmm. year it was, you know. Um, because the interest, one of the crazy things, not even interesting, but just crazy to me is, and I watch a lot of old movies. I don't think anybody is out there that watches more old movies than I. I've seen a lot of old movies. And I'll tell you what, I've never seen a movie ever, I don't think, that I can recall where the, the 1917 Spanish flu was, they might have been referenced in, in like conversation. Mm-hmm. I've never seen an old movie with somebody with a mask on. Um, and yeah. I think, yeah, 
if if we had, but there were movies set in that time period, you know, you watch, uh, oh, what was that HBO one when I'm thinking when Nucky Thompson, uh, Boardwalk Empire, you know, that era Empire, and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, you never saw anybody with a mask on or anything. Um, you know, it was just all gangsters and fun and, and pretty girls. But I think if if our society would have had a little taste of that, you wouldn't have had all these these people trying to describe. Well, you know, a mask, are you crazy? But I guess people were trying to discredit it then. But they didn't have any reference either. Um, I just think it would help. Well, I, th- you know, I think something that was – like, I didn't want – the thing was, I didn't want to make a COVID – like, I didn't – the hook isn't right. COVID or, or like the, – the the no, but it's just subtle. The 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 yeah. The movie the movie is is more than that, and I think. But to not acknowledge it, I'm seeing that with a lot of cinema and TV now. Oh, yeah. They either did like this super on the nose COVID stuff that was kind of like borderline like ridiculous, or they ignore it completely. And I'm like, well, neither of them, neither of them are honest. And I think ultimately with cinema, with art, we're trying to get to some level of honesty or, or some level of truth, right? Where we're, we're trying right. to raise questions. But to completely ignore it or to use hyperbole when describing it, I think are both the wrong approach. And I wanted to, I wanted to do something where I don't bang you over the head with it, but it's there because it was there. And there are effects from it. But, like, ultimately it's about how people are affected. It's less about you know, it's not it's not the centerpiece. It's how people are affected by it. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's you, you know, and it, it's in every aspect of our culture now. You know, um, yeah. You know, I mean, everybody's seen a Karen video. You know? I mean, everybody yeah. knows that your neighbor might be an ass. Um, you know, and it's just it's crazy. But this film. Like you said, it doesn't it doesn't get preachy, doesn't hit anybody over the head, but it is a, a, there's an element to it, a subtle element of that's the setup, you know. Um, yeah. People are happy that the characters are happy to be out of lockdown, as we all were, uh, you know, and and and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, not that it's totally over. Believe me, I live in South Florida, man. Oh, in the Studio Fifty Four, COVID, it seems like, but. Um, I'm not getting into it. That's a whole other show. But uh, not much impressed with our leadership. So I'm saying. Anyhow, um, (laughs) this was a great movie. This was a good movie. No, you know, I I was cursed with uh, logic at birth. It's just crazy. Anyway, um, I really enjoyed this film. I really enjoyed this film. And like you you had mentioned, the time, you know, people, uh, I think this is a, a perfect. You know, it's like watching a, a, a television episode of streaming or something, you know, uh, maybe a little longer than that. Those are usually 45 minutes. But people are good with that, you know. A lot of people watch that stuff. And I think that goes to uh, attention span and whatnot. Very smart, Nick. Very smart. Um. Yeah. I. You know, it's... it's it's the, again, it's form follows function. Like I wanted, I wanted to make something that I know people would watch and enjoy, and I didn't, I didn't want to make it unnecessarily bloated so they could poke holes in it. Because that's exactly what ha- when you're dealing with indie, you know, you're dealing with anything, right? Um, you want it to be as 
tight and efficient as it can be, right? Um, Absolutely. I, you know, good writing is using as few words as possible to describe something. So, like, that, that's always my mindset. It's kind of like a very straightforward approach to things. Um, there's nothing like watching a no-budget indie where someone's just sitting staring out the window for, like, ten minutes. You know, like, what a, you know, I think pace is important. I think you're competing with TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, OnlyFans. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you're competing with all these different visual video mediums where people can convey a message in 15 seconds. So a movie, especially a smaller scale movie, I I wanted to do everything that I wanted to do. I wanted to do it well, and I didn't want to overstay my welcome. And I hope hope audiences appreciate that. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books, 
uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAlbion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. I think I certainly did. My wife certainly did. And really, my wife of the age, too, is kind of your de- target demographic, I think, you know, um, 30s uh, and whatnot. Um, now, you're dealing on the distribution side, fantastic company. Uh, Gravitas Ventures, you know, they're, they're top of their game. I, I see that name a lot. And folks listening yeah. who may not know, when we're talking distribution, when you watch a film and you see the cool little logo things flip around at the beginning, that's the people who work on getting it so you will see it. <laughs> they deal with the filmmakers and whatnot, and they get it out there so you can watch it. Um, very important in the machinery of, of, of film. Um, now, this is a great company. Uh, did they balk at first w- with the time length, or did it even come up really? No. They, they actually loved the time length, which is you gotta you gotta remember it was an experiment. I, I was like, I'm I'm mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna make a movie as long as it needs to be. It technically right. fits the feature length. I I think the story is told. It's a feature length story. It doesn't feel less than a feature length story. Um, no. And that was kind of confirmed by Gravitas because they were like, it was awesome. They're like, we appreciate the run. They're like, so many times we see movies. Uh, especially smaller indies fall apart because they try to do too much or try right. to like pad it out to hit that 80, 90 minute mark. And I've done, I've done two other feature films. One was 90 minutes, one was 80 minutes. And, you know, it's when you're making an indie, every dollar has to appear on screen. And that's basically how you break it down. You're like, how many thousands did mm. we spend per minute? Um, but no, Gravitas, they were once once they were jazzed about it. It put it put me completely at ease. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, and it's that's like cool. you know you have to remember these run these run times are currently arbitrary. They once mattered when you're when you're dealing with like someone's going into a, to a theater and they need their money's worth, or we have a television block and we have a very structured either twenty right. minute or forty two minute episode. But now nothing matters. Uh, and I think you're you're going to see a lot of shorter but more well done content moving forward. And you're also going to see crazy two and a half hour Spider-Man movies and stuff like that. So there's uh, I think there's something for everyone. But I I know that most people, especially if you're a parent, um, you don't have two and a half hours to watch a movie at night. You know, right. uh, and I and that I was also mindful of that. Me and me and Drew are parents, and we're like, yeah, this is like the perfect length if you want to get a movie in before you fall asleep after your kids have fallen asleep. So, well, you know, who's played with with movie time or, or screen time? But I, I guess that would be the term um, that that I noticed the, the first time I, it really caught my attention 
was uh, Disney with the Mandalorian and whatnot, because some episodes would be like 37 minutes, some would be 43 yeah. minutes, you know, and, and it's, it's, you don't say, I'm of the generation with every 15 minutes, there needs to be a commercial break, you know, because that's how I grew up. I, I grew yeah. up watching the broadcast television and whatnot, uh, television box. And um, so I've kind of got that mindset to this day programmed into me, you know, um, and when, so you notice that when it's, when it's, it's different, I don't mean to make a, a big thing about it on the show today. With your, it, it is, it, it's, it's the perfect length. It tells a story. It's, it's, it's the length of the book. You know, it's, it's what it needs to be. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like it. I, I, as an, as an audience member, I appreciate that. Uh, very, very cool. Thank but you. You mentioned you have kids. Do you think, um, are they, they older? Are they younger? Or uh, where are they at? Uh, uh, age-wise. Two little girls, uh, six and uh-huh. three and a half. So they're, yeah. So they're too early they, to see if they're the going to uh, get into showbiz. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. Showbiz is terrible. So I don't know if I would. <laughs> I don't know if I would have okay paid that. <laughs> Filmmaking, I, I like doing. But, like, the business of all of this, very, very terrible place. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's crazy. I don't know how you guys do it, man. I'm telling you, I I just had a conversation with my wife a couple nights ago over dinner. And because uh, we, you know, so we, we talk, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, my plan is, you know, here's my, my year plan. Here's where we're at. Da, 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 da. Here's where I'd like to be. And, um, you know, and she sits and listens and everything. And that's great. Um and if I get something really crazy and wild, like you movie makers, okay, dear, I'm going to make a movie. So, so for the next two years, um, I'm going to be tied up with this. That's a hard sell. I don't think I could sell that, you know? Not for my gal. Well, yeah, it, it is a hard <laughs> sell. And uh, it's it, – so, like, you know, there's things you do in the industry to make a living. And, like, I do producing and directing and uh, mostly talk genre – digital shows, um, and that's how, like, I, I hear you. living. Uh, filmmaking, I think Orson Welles has the has quote, you spend 77, 70% of your time asking for money and permission to make your movie and 30% of your time actually making movies. Uh, I think that's a real quote from him. Uh, I might have the percentage off, but that's what it is. It's, you, you spend most of your time trying to figure out how you're going to make a movie and uh, way less time making a movie. Um, so oh, that's, that's sort of the uh, comedy slash tragedy of wanting to be a filmmaker. Uh, There's such an expensive, labor-intensive, time-intensive process that, uh, yeah, that you, don't get, you don't get to make too many of them. Like, it was, there was a 10-year gap from my second feature and, and this, and – I never wow. expected that to happen, but I ended up doing other things, and I was doing some sketch, I was doing some talk, and having some kids. And before you know it, ten years go by, and you're like, "Oh, we haven't made a movie in ten years." So yeah. that happens. I used to think that was uh, uniquely uh, happened because it happened to me that that growth spurt when I was living in California, and I was like, "Man, California's crazy." You're doing stuff, and all of a sudden, one day you realize ten years, a decade's gone by, and you're like, "How the heck did that?" Yeah, seems like a couple months, you know. 
Um, I don't know if it's California. I, I think it's it's just the age I was at. You know, that age that everybody goes through. You know, it's uh, it, it's crazy. Um, well, it's cool though. It's cool. You got it made, and and you know, here it is, and that's fantastic, man. That is fantastic. Yeah. And it's cool that you have other work. You know, in my world, it's kind of the same thing. I, I paint a lot of kids. I paint a lot of dogs, and people are like, oh, you really like kids and dogs. I don't mind them, but really that's uh, portrait work is, you know, I like to eat. Like I said, I have an Italian girl, you know? Yeah. There you go. Fancy you cheese is right? What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Who likes shoes? <laughs> Let me put it. I don't know why. Oh, man. Yeah, right. You're always barefoot. You know, it's, it's, it's a mystery. <laughs> anyway, um, with the amount of shoes she had owns, you would think she would be wearing them all the time. But I guess that's not how it works. Um, well, this is cool, man. This is cool. Let me ask you this. Now, I know how you film folk can be um, and told, you know, T's are crossed and I's dotted and everything and, and lunches are had. Um, sometimes you can't talk about it, but I, I have to ask because I want to see more of your work. Um, are the gears turning for the next project? Uh, yes. Actually, I have a sequel to Old Strangers. Um, really? And believe it or not, I wrote the sequel first, so All Strangers is technically oh. a prequel to uh, this project called Not Like Us, and Not Like oh. Us takes place in a roadside bar outside of Buffalo, New York, where a bunch of strangers um, get snowed in, and they find oh. out that there's an invasion happening. Um, so it, it was kind of uh, me holding a mirror up to... Twitter and social media, um, but then living in that space, the justifications for that that world gave me a ton of food for thought for old strangers, and the pandemic was the perfect catalyst for it. So, uh, but not like us. The so you can go on demand and watch Old Strangers. That's uh, iTunes, Amazon, Google, Vudu, uh, Comcast on demand. Verizon FiOS. I think you can buy the Blu-ray or DVD off of Walmart.com and BestBuy.com, Target possibly too. Nice. Uh, you can watch that, and then you can go and look for Not Like Us because I made a radio play out of it because of the pandemic instead of shooting really? it. Really? Um, so the the sequel to Old Strangers you can go listen to uh, on Apple Podcasts uh, or and basically any platform that any podcast platform, uh, and it's called Not Like Us. Nice. And that's the that is almost the direct like twenty five hours after the events of Old Strangers sequel. Oh, cool! And it's 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 jumping media. I like that. That is cool as hell. Very cool. Well, I'm trying. I want to make Very it a movie. Cool. That's, uh, hopefully, the next project uh, that would be a lot of fun to shoot it because um, uh, it's a little bit of a bigger cast, a little bit more of an ensemble piece. Um, but just as fun and, and still still touching upon like very real uh, emotional uh, thing issues that we we are currently dealing with. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, you are very cool, man. I'm telling you, you're one of the cool kids that I know. Um, you know, <laughs> if I was having a party, I would definitely want you at the dinner party, um, just so I would be a cool kid. Um, well, very, you. very cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, and I can't wait. I'm going to definitely check out the uh, the radio play because I, I like listening to stuff like 
I think it's just, you know, it's just cool. I play it on my Victrola out there. I've got this old Victrola that's Bluetooth enabled. So I sit with my dog and yeah. Yeah, that was part of it's our really, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. The radio plays really good. We put a ton of, so uh, Drew worked on it with me, uh, and we sound designed it out the waz. There's like footsteps and bottle crap. It's really fun. It's, I know I'm here promoting all the right, things, just like but, they uh, used to not do. like us podcasts. A lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That's cool, man. That is cool. Well, you should do a pod. I know you've got so much free time on your hands. You know, you've got a great voice <laughs> and uh, a lot of charisma and whatnot. Um, you know, uh, very, very cool. Or just keep being guests on one. Well, that's cool, man. I can't wait. Um, you know, hopefully let's fingers crossed and, uh, legs broken and, and whatever the, uh, the term is, um, hopefully, uh, you know, some millionaire will be, you know, will hear it and say, let's write a check for this man. I need a producer credit anyway. Maybe. Um, let's go. <laughs> And that's cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And that, and that, and that, thank you for having cool. me on the show today. Yeah, it, it was it was yeah, great talking to you. Fun, and, uh, man. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate awesome. all the yeah. all the kind words. Absolutely, absolutely. I know tomorrow is going to be a crazy day. You're probably doing a lot more, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, guests and uh, guest spots and whatnot. And while at the same time refreshing the page on your on your phone and seeing, what, <laughs> seeing where the numbers are, you know. Yeah, I get yeah. It. You you know me. I guess you, I guess uh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna be uh, gonna be a lot of pacing going on this week. A lot of pacing. Well, it's a it's a cool film. This is a great film, everybody, and I want everybody to definitely check this out. Uh, like I said, I really really. Um, and I'm a, you know, for those who like listen to the show a lot, know me from my my social media or whatever, or think they know me. Um, they, well, it's not a big secret. I'm a big sci-fi person. I am a big sci-fi person. And, um, but I'm not one of these people that rips stuff apart. I like a good story, you know. And this is a great story, and it was delivered perfectly in a perfect amount of time. Thank you. Fired on all, all cylinders. It, I'll put it this way, Nick. If you were a horse, I would bet on you. I would bet on you, man. Thank you. Whoa, okay. Well, I, we're from South Philly. That means a lot. <laughs> Bunch of gambling degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. Well, you know, good luck with everything tomorrow. I'm sure it's all going to go perfect and, uh, you know, go real well and everything. And, you know, um, Keep doing what you're doing because you're real good at it. Real good at it, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, great show. Really enjoyed talking to you. Absolutely, man. Me too. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, there you go. Um, this episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. We're going to push it on all the social media platforms and on the podcasting platforms. I don't know if you guys uh, caught it, but before the uh, at the end of the year, the last update, you know, we, I get a little thing emailed me to every week to where we're at, and we're on 482 different podcasting platforms. I had no idea there were that many. Um, I'm very, uh, you know, thankful that there are and, and that we're on it, man. <laughs> I, I'm blown away by it, to be honest. 
And it's all, and you know, and, and, and all this is because of uh, demand. So it's all you listeners. I really, really appreciate everybody listening. Um, like I said, this episode, we're going to uh, blast it out and everything. We will be back tomorrow. We've got a fantastic uh, returning guest tomorrow, Bob D. Uh, with, from the band Bob D. with Petco out of uh, New York. They just have a new EP they're dropped, and uh, this fantastic rock band. They, they, I would love to see them in, like, a, a bar setting somewhere. I could just see them come in, and they are just – they're awesome. Um, but, yeah, he'll be back tomorrow. So tune in tomorrow evening, so tune in for that, and um, we will see you then. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, and be sure to support our sponsors. We love them. They love you. Uh, use their codes. There's a code with every ad, which you'll, you've already heard if you've you know, been listening to the show. Um, use that code. Save you a couple dollars, and with that money, you can go buy the Blu-ray of Old Strangers. How about that? Give it to a friend. Um <clears throat> Hey, I'm trying to tell you something, uh, uh, and this is the best way to do it. And then don't look at you real weird. Anyway, that did the whole thing. So we will see you next time, everybody. Have a good uh, day, and remember, the world's still weird. Be kind, be nice to people, and uh, we'll all get through it in the end. See you later, everybody. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rock, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tama Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rock's Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, the Harry Hicks from Sverige, och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.